Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance, our Shadow and Bones mini-series. Today, we are on part three, where we are going to discuss episodes six, six, that's silly, episodes seven and eight, the two final episodes of the series. With me, I have my co-host of the series, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hello, Bridget. And also, we have a super special guest, Samantha Lane. Samantha, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Samantha, tell the people a little bit about your channel and what you talk about and how they can find you. Yeah, so I run the YouTube channel Thoughts on Tomes. It's a book review channel focused mostly on fantasy, science fiction, and romance is primarily the three genres I read. And Shadow and Bone has been one of my favorite series pretty much since I started. I think I read it, I've been doing it for about six or seven years now. I, I lose track of time because what is time anymore? But I read it within the first like year or so of starting my booktube channel. So Shadow and Bone has been one of the through lines of my entire kind of YouTube career. So yeah, it's been very exciting to see this thing get adapted that I never thought was going to be adapted. Yeah, I was super excited that Jane chose you. She had so many fun things to say about your channel and about how you approach books. And also like, those are my three favorite things, fantasy, Mm -hmm. science fiction, and romance. (laughs) It's like, you stole my heart. That is right up our alley. Before we get too far into episodes seven and eight, I want to hear a little bit about how your experience on the show is so far. Yeah, so I did did reactions for every single episode. Um, so I had a very exhausting <laughs> couple of days and I was really enjoying it. I think they're all bleeding together because I watched them back to back. That's the one thing about the binging culture. I don't know if we'll talk about this mm-hmm. much in this episode, but I don't really love the fact that things are dropped all at once. I'm old school. I'm like, give me a week's time to digest every single episode. That would be so much nicer. So everything kind of bleeds together. But from what I remember, and you guys can probably tell me since you've done the other episodes, episode five or six was like a really big, almost like shipping, like Helmick, like was a big thing and I think it's what six so I was coming off of like that high of like seeing all of that cuteness and just going into the finale sort of just not sure what they were going to do with it you know having all the stuff with the crows coming in that wasn't in the books so really I was leaving it like I don't know necessarily what they're going to do I think I know the major beats but I don't know how they're going to translate it with this but was really enjoying the whole series thus far uh that is I watched your reaction to the trailer and I was like <laughs> that is my face I was like because ah! I agree with you I read the first book I mean maybe not the year it came out but certainly at least like a year later so it's been almost 10 years and in general like not all of my favorite fantasy series ever will get put on screen because there costs a lot of money a yeah. lot of production and to see this one that's so complicated I was really excited about it and I was I love like Six of Crows I was happy they added that in so I was like I mean I saw the trailer and I told Jane I was like cautious optimism there's a lot <laughs> right. a lot of optimism over here and I'm very happy to say that episodes one through six so far have delivered so let's take let's just get into it I think we should get popping what do you think Jane oh oh yeah romance at a glance uh-huh. romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, so first I want to talk about the flashback because obviously it opens episode seven, but I first of all think Ben Barnes should have had that facial hair the whole series because that is that is like some Prince Barnes. Caspian stuff. That yeah. is some Prince Caspian peak Barnes hotness for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also I thought it was great because in the books, like you don't get that view into like him actually, you know, he created the fold, but you never get to see it or experience it with him. I thought it was cool. Yeah. I have a lot to say about this. Okay. First of all, immediately I was writing down, what is this? What is this? And you know what? I understand that the Darkling backstory would might be needed in a series adaptation, but actually I'm going to go ahead and say I hated it. And I will also say that I love the show so far, but I have a whole thing, okay? So did you guys, you read a Throne of Glass series? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Do you remember uh, in one of the books when, I guess, she doesn't really know what to do with Dorian's. SJM didn't really know what to do with Dorian. So they introduced this completely random character who's like a healer in the castle, but also turns out to be a spy and they fall in love. And she really has no personality. She's just like very healery. And then she dies. And to give Dorian some like trauma and man pain. And that is exactly what they did in this show is they were introduced a random healer woman who's gentle. So it's even worse that she would be killed and then give him some man pain so that all the stuff he's doing now can somehow be looked at in a sympathetic light because he was like damaged by that 
whatever. And I didn't like it. I didn't like to see it. I think he's a really compelling character and it would have been a lot cooler if they focused more on his dedication to Grisha and how that has been corrupted and made him what he is now. So yeah. Thumbs down from me. Jane, 100% we're on the same page with this. So I really liked the flashback in that we got to see the fold created. I think if we would have just had the scene where he's coming out of the camp and like doing it, that would have been fine. We could have said like maybe these, the first army has killed off all the Grisha and like he's defending them. That I get. But the, yes, the implication of him having these like former loves and all of that. Then Bagra says something about like, well, they always die, you know, implying that he's had other women that he's like loved. And I'm like, listen. Uh, no. One of the things that I found really compelling about Alina and the Darklings dynamic in the books was that they were the only two that really understood each other. And I'm not going to be sitting here and saying that, like, the Darkling was a virgin or something. But, like, he definitely didn't have the connection with other people, in my opinion, before. So that was a thing that I was like, hmm. So I agree with you that if we would have just had showing him defending the Grisha, that would have been totally fine. This little, I don't know what the, this was the first time that I had a hiccup in the show was actually episode seven, because I was like, we don't need to have this. We, we already have the backstory. We've already been shown in earlier episodes that he's, you know, felt alone, cared about the Grisha, you know, felt like all their power has been taken away, all this stuff. So we don't really need this backstory. And I'm not really sure what the show is getting at with trying to humanize him more with this. But I feel like that opinion, I don't know if you've, I haven't looked into the fandom a ton, but on my reaction videos, a lot of people are like, oh, no, you're blowing it out of proportion. He didn't really care about that woman. I was like, the show sets it up like he really cared about that woman. No, he totally does. You guys are in denial about the fact that that's not what they're saying. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, so, but that's one of the things that I was like, ooh, don't like that. It didn't ruin the show for me, Ben. No, 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 no. It was the first time where I was like, no, 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 no. Because everything else is like, okay, I get it, I get it. That was my first big, yeah. Jane, that was wonderful. And that's why I chose you to be my co-host for this series. I think that if I had not read the books, it would have been a valuable thing. And they're making the show not just for people who've already read the books, but for people who've never read the books. And I think if you don't include something where you can see him do it, you like know he does it, but it's not as meaningful if you like know he killed all those people and they became Volcra as like seeing them transform and seeing his mom say like don't do this you cannot come back from this and then him saying I don't care I'm doing it anyways I don't disagree that like I don't think the love story was like super necessary aside from the fact that I think they were trying to show that he was like at some point he was young and he was hoping to find an equal and he's been searching for her because for me it didn't so much take away from like what you were saying, Samantha, that like you kind of wanted her to be the only one he connected with. For me, it didn't. It was more just like he kept searching and he he's like hungry to be loved and to find someone. And she's the first person who is, will be his equal in power and will be his equal. And so for me, that's kind of like how I viewed it. But also I see why the production did it because again, like if you don't know the story, like you don't know that he's like unredeemable yet. Mm-hmm. And so this adds to that sort of like, well, but like he loved someone once, like maybe mm-hmm. he's not that bad sort of thing. I was chatting with our last guest, Christine, and I was telling her that we watched her the patron. She'd never read the books. And so for her, she doesn't know that like he's the ultimate one who's going to like betray her and be evil. So it's super, super interesting. So anyway, so I see why they did it. I see why you're upset, Jane. I don't disagree <laughs> with you both that it could have just been, that it didn't have to be a love interest. It could have just been a Grisha or, or the Grisha that he was protecting in the house or something, or like a child Grisha or something, not his child, but a child or something like that to get the sort of same point across. What do you guys think? I also think it was really powerful going straight from that where he like, okay, you know, he created the fold and like created all these Volcra and then you go right to him with Alina and him like about to do the cut. And I want to know what you guys think about the fact that she like blocked it with the dome and stuff. Cause I personally thought it looked dope. No, I agree. I think that the, I really enjoyed the, the way that they do her powers later on in the season. I liked more at the beginning, some of the, like her just completely glowing. I was like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the like sun <laughs> thing that they kind of do is really cool. And I liked seeing that. I didn't like that she dropped the shield um (laughs) uh, that that moment to be like yeah he's totally gonna let mal go like he said he would i'm like girl that is the villain like no he is not but also he does he's not wrong right right like he doesn't completely lie yeah but just i was like you could really go 
more toe-to-toe with him than you think but again obviously we know where she goes throughout right. the series and she's right. still at like baby version so i have to keep that in mind yeah she doesn't even have her first amplifier yet so she really can't go toe-to-toe yet right 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 i, I thought the whole like the moment where she sees the stag and is like no there has to be another way in the book i felt like i'm like oh okay like she's not gonna kill the stag that's dumb you need that fucking amplifier in the book i was like you're an idiot you should kill a stag but in the show seeing it and like her walk up to it i thought worked really much better for me mm-hmm. where i was like oh like she sees like sort of the majesty of it and and the feeling that it shouldn't be like injured and she's it's, it's like an abomination to kill it basically yeah and you also have all the dreams leading up to it like through the whole show which i really appreciated they bring that in right away because in the book it felt i don't know there was just a little like and now there's this magical creature ah, she has this connection yeah it was cool that like she had drawn the picture as a child and then mal knew it was her picture and then he goes to hunt for it like early i thought that was cool that like i mean this is a throwback to earlier episodes but like the darkling doesn't send him on the quest the darkling doesn't know who he is until he comes which i thought was kind of an interesting so it gives mal more agency that he wants to help her and in general i think mal and alina both have a lot more agency in this book than they ever had and or a lot more agency in this series rather than they ever had samantha what is your where are you with the mal and darkling so yeah, so in books, I was like, I hate Mal. He's so stupid. And the Darkling is like such a babe. Um, but I never wanted, so I always tell people that like, I never wanted Alina as she is to get with the Darkling because that wouldn't make mm-hmm. sense. But I did sort of like this fan fiction alternative timeline where she does kind of go evil and like gets with the Darkling. Like that was kind of cool for me. But I actually preferred her, the end game ship that I liked was a character that's coming up in probably season two is my favorite. So yeah, that's the one that I was like, I was pulling for the entire time. So yeah, so even though the, I really like her and the Darklings connection, I really enjoy in books the antagonist and main character dynamics a lot. And they have like, perfect i was also like not pulling for her to get with him but mal i was like in the books i felt like was so boring in the show like you guys were saying i think he's fantastic there's so much more because we're out of her head we're seeing what he's doing but he always felt like a fuck boy in the books like oh he's just like running around and like being a flirt and sleeping with girls and whatever which is like his right but then you're like girl why are you so obsessed with him but in this it's more like they were really connected and really did care agreed we called him a pap pussy ass bitch (laughs) yeah I totally, totally agree. And also like off camera of this, would love to talk to you about Nikolai and your thoughts. <laughs> yes. Um, but let's stay on track because it's not even in this series. <laughs> it's not about him. <laughs> so, okay. So Alina obviously chooses to save Mal. The Darkling kills the stag. And then uh, like, I think the character, the actor who plays David did such a good job of first of all being like very awkward like David is in the book but also showing that like the conflict where he like doesn't really think he should be doing that but is also like too afraid not to and I'm talking of course about like adhering the amplifier to her collarbones yes which was so much darker than I was expecting like I was horrified watching it I was like I didn't know we were getting body horror in this show literally Uh like you can see it like separating from her skin on the collarbone it's like disturbing to look at every single time because in the book collar is like i don't see what the issue is it's like a sexy cool antler collar like that's sick as hell but in this it's like that's scary like it poking like how does she sleep like it could like get her neck at any point (laughs) she has to sleep on her back right just like with a pillow around it but yeah every time i saw her on screen after that i would look at the skin because it looks like it's infected almost like it's like all red i was like ooh, special effects here are good yeah i thought like two things one i think visually it's so much more horrifying that he forced her to alter her own body uh-huh. and david yeah. did it to her versus just like again like clinching a collar around her she can never take off and then also i think like the i didn't like though in combination with that the fact that he didn't just like mentally have control over her he had like a piece of it in his yeah. hand i didn't love that because in the book, you know, of course, she she recognizes, oh, because I spared the stag, he never had full control. I could always have control because the stag gifted this to me and blah, blah, blah. We have a connection. In the show, she like cuts it off his hand later, mm-hmm. skipping forward a little bit, but cuts it off his hand later and, and then tells him, though, I always had control. And I'm like, but you didn't because you had to cut it off his hand. So it's uh-huh. like... <laughs> So at that part, I was kind of like, I don't know. About, yeah. I don't know about this whole thing. But I guess like, again, they're telling a visual story. So it's better for them to have a visual like representation, I suppose. 
What did you guys think about like the Jenya David betrayal and how it all played out? Sadness. So I just sad. I love them both so much. To backtrack to David when you brought him up, I don't know if you guys have talked about that. That's Freddie from Skins. Did you guys watch Skins as like teenagers? <gasps> I did not, but he was also the hot guy in um, the movie with Chris Evans. Pusher, push. Did you see that movie? Oh no, I didn't. Okay, no, so he's but also I know he's in been that in other movie. Stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he also I was so I was like looking up everyone's Instagrams to see because a lot of times when Netflix shows get really popular, all of a sudden the stars go from like fifty thousand to like a million in a day, and so I was looking to see like whose numbers were popping, and he has the most. Uh, he has like a half million followers because <laughs> he's like <laughs> such a popular like Italian suave actor, which I think is great. Yeah, I mean, he started as Freddy from Skin, so it was, like, so weird to see. I did not recognize him. Yeah, because he looks totally, like, you can tell it's him, but the way that his mannerisms are, and just, like, he looks like an awkward dude, and then you're like, that's the hot guy. Like, he's always the hot guy in things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that his acting was awesome. I thought the acting of everybody was awesome. And what I really liked about the David and Genya stuff, like, throughout the betrayal and everything else, but mm-hmm. just with their dynamic, because I also really liked seeing, like, their little dynamic. It was just so cute to see their little, like... Love. looking at each other mm-hmm. and longing all that kind of stuff. yes mm-hmm. because you don't yeah. really know because alina in the books is not really paying attention to them so that you don't get to see the confirmation of like that there's feelings on both sides there until later so that was really sweet but yeah the the scene when genya's talking about i always say her name wrong i know in the show it's genya but i, I said genya when i was reading the books yes yeah. jen i think it depends where you're from i'm from chicago so i'm like genya <laughs> see like, i'm also from chicago oh, yeah, and man, I, yes yeah but i i say genya so anyway um it's really hard to reprogram my brain but the whole scene where she kind of says like i warned you about powerful men this is what this man did to me it's like okay well then you sort of understand like yes they're friends but like she's been abused like so i i understand why you're doing what you're doing and like you said before the stuff with david where it's like he's so sweet and he doesn't want to be doing it but he's like oh i guess i have to like this stressed out so they all did a good job about that yeah, I think the scene where Jenya and is explaining herself to Alina and just to the actress was like really good. Like mm-hmm. I was like very in it with her. That was sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I love the show. We've talked about this in both episodes, like the balance of then. So you've gone through all this heavy, 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 heavy. And then it's like, ding, 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 ding. It's time for, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Kazanesh and all of them to come right. back and bring us back up. And... I, for one, loved the way that they wove them into this episode where they like are like, we got to get on that boat. We got to go with like, and they do a little caper to like forge the papers, do the thing. And like, uh-huh. I just, I think their scenes continue to shine in the series. For sure. This had some really, really good scenes. I'll start with some of them because I have like a bunch of them written down. So I've been focusing a lot when I, Jesper, again, best boy award for throughout the series, but I've been focusing like Jesper on his own and then Inej and Kaz and like seeing how their dynamic is because it's different kind of in this series compared to the books. And at first I was kind of like, mm, do I like that? And I've decided that I have. And we've talked about the crows as like in a prequel state. Like they're not where they are in the duology. They're kind of like amateurs almost more like but this episode i realized that they have been doing like a friendship arc for jesper and inej that i like just really loved and like the scene where she's patching herself up and she like they kind of she kind of confides in him about her plans and everything and then later on when it's kaz inej and jesper hiding under the carriage and inej says blah 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 jess and kaz is like Jess and Jesper is like it's Suli for friendship. <laughs> like, That's so cute. Uh-huh. So cute. And he's like, I would miss you if you were gone. It wouldn't be the same. And you're like, she's like, you're making this harder. And he's like, I know. Yeah. So sweet. Like, I agree with you. The whole friendship arc of those two was really sweet because I have said that in the Six of Crows book, I like Jesper. Obviously, he's a likable character, but I never really paid that much attention to him. It was all about, like, Kaz and Nina to me. So to see him in the show being so fantastic, I was like, okay, you're, like, the MVP of the show. Like, I love you so much. I'm like, I cannot wait for you to flirt with Wylan. Honestly. I cannot wait. (laughs) Yes. So, so good. So to have that and then to have, like you said, their friendship forming. And I agree that 
it is this, you were seeing the amateurs, because I've seen some complaints online about people being like, well, Kaz would never let that happen. And I'm like, Kaz has not gotten to mastermind level yet. Like he's still, this is baby Kaz. Like we, you know, he's doing some growth still. They're giving him room to grow. So yeah, I really enjoy those dynamics. But as soon as they're going to be on the skiff, I'm like, are they going to be on the same boat? Like they're really going to be just on the same boat. And then you have all (laughs) these things where it's like, oh, so now like Mal is basically a crow. Like they had the scene Mm -hmm. where they said, like, if he's not with them, he's with us. And I was like, and he gave him a knife and I was like, yes, yes. It was really good. Really also, good. right before, so like obviously Mal sneaks onto the boat as well. And okay, so basically, like Mal does not know how to be in a caper though. And Cass is like, <laughs> we wait. And Mal's like, no, nah, I'm not going to wait. My girl's up there. And so he <laughs> abandons the plan immediately, dives, like tackles the darkling off the boat, et cetera. And when they're like, when the darkling is talking to him and he's like, I don't have to kill you like why would i or maybe this is before that tackle but he's like i don't have to kill you why would i kill you time will kill you she'll i might not win today she might not choose me today but in a hundred years and 10 years yeah she will choose me because i'll be the only one left and i was like oh my god first of all true second of all what a brutal thing to say to someone right <laughs> it's okay you can have her today because you're gonna okay. die mm-hmm. and also, this is, he totally wins like that exchange, but I also thought it was really funny. Mal calls him Shadow Man. Yeah. I think that's funny. You have no yeah. turn, Shadow Man. It's like, go off, King, tell him. <laughs> I like that. The Darkling is like super, super dramatic in this series. And like they kind of play that a little bit. I think just like they played a little bit. Like there's even a scene when they're on the skiff where he has to, so this is jumping forward, episode eight, but when he, he like the heart render takes everyone on the boat out and the Darkling literally says like, oh, it's a shame. I have to do my speech again. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, wow. Essence, energy. I love it. Yeah, he has some good like villain one-liner moments in these yeah. these few. I mean, obviously we get the like fine make me your villain like yeah. line too. But yeah, just like some of the things that he says in this, I'm like, look at you being all snarky. That's funny. <laughs> what did what did you think about Samantha about Alina talking to the Darkling and being like, you could have had all of this with me. Talk about that scene a little bit. Love, that loved scene it. was that scene was dynamite. beautiful. Yes, and, and and that's what I really liked about the juxtaposition between Mal and Alina's very sweet relationship versus like Darkling and Alina's very like sort of passionate like head-to-head relationship which is also you know I liked that dynamic with them in the books as well but yeah that scene where she admits like and I think I don't know if, if this is a line in the first book but she I don't know I think it would have been later she says something to him later on about like I had a taste for you once or something which is basically her admitting that like yeah I was into it like mm-hmm. you could have had me if you would have just like like if you <laughs> she basically admits to him like if you'd have just been smarter and not been <laughs> like a bull at a china shop like yeah. trying to manipulate me like this yeah. like I probably would have done it for you like totally. so you messed this up dude so that was I really like her moments of like snark and standing up to him that like even when she has this like body horror necklace on she's still like screw you dude yeah she again like so much more power and agency and just confidence in this series we were chatting when we went through books or episodes one two and three that like in the book she's so like I'm not pretty every other girl's pretty everybody hates me like Uh (laughs) like and it takes her so until like book three before she finally is like okay actually like I am Grisha I am a bad bitch like Uh this is what's happening get in line and I'm happy that that was this book and this year or like this series rather because I think it would have been horrible to watch her just be like me yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For eight episodes. I'm so happy she was just like, you could have had this, y'all. You could have gotten all of this fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like, you could have, and we could have ruled the world together. Instead, you done fucked it all up. Uh-huh. You it all. Instead, and she's like, you made me this. And I was like, Ooh. all right, well, let's go into episode eight. It's all happening. Everyone's on the ship. And Kaz is like, wait, wait. And then bam, flash cut to <laughs> Nina and Matias are like having the most romantic little moment in this hotel. And they're flirting and they're like, well, where can we go? Can't go to my country, can't go to your country. And he's like, I've never seen the world. And she's like, let me tell you about the world so we can find somewhere to go. And she's like, let's have waffles. I think they have this, like, just the most like grin inducing charm fest. Of, and like, they're since they're away from all the other problems of the book currently it gets to be like at least for me it's like a little lighter they're not like involved in like the darkness and the darkling and the fold and blah blah blah. they're just like we're wandering through the wilderness together we're at this little inn together (laughs) right we're we're flirting (laughs) yeah and i have to say that when fedor showed up i was like don't do it don't do it (laughs) (laughs) ruining our moment right what did you think about the fact uh, jane that it was different than the book though because in the book 
she thinks they, they see Fjordan soldiers and she thinks he's going to turn her in. And she sort of like panic tells a slaver. What did you think she about also, the change? But there's, there's also uh, the, she sees Fjordans, but she also sees Grisha. And she knows that if Grisha are around, she can't tell Matthias about it because then Matthias tried to probably kill the Grisha and she still has her loyalties to them and she doesn't want to expose the Grisha spies. So it's like a panic moment, but it's not completely a betrayal. I think that if they were going to weave the Nina and Matthias thing into the Shadow and Bone story, this was the way to go. So I didn't super mind it. I also kind of like that Nina got to be like a cool spy for like the Darkling. Like I like that for her as like a backstory. I didn't have an issue with it. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I was okay with it too. I'd actually, um, it's been a hot minute since I reread Six of Crows. So like, I forgot a lot of little elements. Like I knew like basically what had happened, but like the intricacies of how she turned him in, I like totally had forgotten. But I did like agreed, like having these little threads were like, she's mentioned to the Darkling earlier on, like they're trying to find her, blah, blah, blah. was good. There was even like really cute little moments, like when she was talking about seeing the world where they mentioned like Kirch and she's like, oh, you couldn't handle it there. And it's like, you're about to go. (laughs) (laughs) So get ready, buddy. But yeah, they were like, along with Jesper, like the moments of like sunshine and light for me, like I was always grinning, like both of them are too attractive. It's like rude. Like they're both like my type. So I just was like, um, excuse me, like by panic. The charm, the charisma, yes, the flirting. Yes, like, it was just, it was just too much um, all at once. And so sweet and the fact that we do get them like eating waffles which is like not something they ever get to do in like the books we, that's not a scene we get with them it was just like very sweet but I, I was a little like mm, which understandable I know that's for the plot but when she goes you know to him like the where, where his prison cell is or whatever and is like trying to explain to him like what happened and he's like no you betrayed me and I was like come on man like you guys like she could have killed you like a way long time yeah. ago like <laughs> yeah. come like no she didn't like think come on I know that you're like a dumb golden retriever boy but like can you dumb, please he is a dumb he's such a himbo retriever. perfect himbo yes he's like himbo perfection essential himbo yes but I'm like st- you're not using your little brain cells buddy um mm-hmm. so that was tough because I was like after all you went through you're gonna be a little brat to her now and yeah. That was my fear with Mal, that that would be Mal, because that was Mal in the book. That was my yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. Like, he had to, first of all, he was brainwashed his whole life that Grisha yeah. are evil sorceresses. So, like, it was easy for him to go back, back into that. So, I was fine with it. And also, like, for the plot, like you said, like, he, it has to happen. So, what were you going to say, Jay? I think I was just going to say, like, him finding out that she, like, all the intricacies of why she turned him in and not that she'd been planning to betray him is, like, kind of a turning point in their relationship in the book, along with, like, her seeing the, him seeing, like, the dead Grisha in Iceland or whatever. Um, so I'm wondering how they're going to fix it in the future. I don't, it probably won't be that difficult, but they did kind of take away that little scene from the future, so. Well, that is a good point. I feel like when he realizes it, I, I feel like they're going to lean more on the fact that she stays instead of going back mm-hmm. home. She stays to try and continuously try to free him. I feel like they're going to lean on that. And then he's going to realize like, oh, like, why would you have turned me in if you're just trying to free me kind of mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. My un, unqualified, not friends with the showrunner guess. as <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> so what will happen. Um, okay, so back now we're back with uh sweet Elena who is now lighting a tunnel through the fold, which I think looked fucking cool as hell, mm-hmm. and also I think looked cooler and made her seem more powerful because in the book, in my mind, she's kind of creating like a little light bubble around the ship, yeah, me too. And there's like Volcra everywhere. I thought the tunnel, like all the way, and then the people at the end could see like that there was a tunnel. I thought that was super cool, it made her seem like a powerful badass. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, you definitely get more of like the amplifier is genuinely amplifying her power and not just right. like you know something vague. Right, Jane. I know you love this moment, so I will let you talk about it. Uh, Inej throwing a dagger at the Darkling. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I kind of like that she gets to she and Zoya have like this weird in spur of the moment like relationship and they actually kind of not foreshadow it but they there's a little moment in the feet party thing where Zoya is walking up the stairs and some people are like commenting on Inej and they call her Zemeni I think and she, she's like she's Suli and just like walks away 
and it gives like her already like this connection to her like where she like kind of defends her without even knowing her and then for them to like kind of work together at the end and even as like says her name i don't even know how she knows her name but like she's like zoe oh no but then the whole scene where she's on like the top of the ship and she's like throwing blades all over the place and spinning around and her braids like going crazy and she's like <laughs> has this cute like costume i love it so much uh and then gets to like boom in the darkling and also i'll add while she's doing that i love the scene where Kaz defends her from the Volcra with the cane. I like little tears, little tears in my eyes. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the fight scene, Samantha? I mean, the same thing. I think the Zoya and Inej thing, the thing that was so great about all of them being on the ship, like basically all the main characters, is it's like, okay, we get to see these interactions that are like I never knew I needed. And so one of them was the Kaz and the Darkling stuff earlier, which I would never said that I necessarily wanted, but I know the fandom did. And then this Zoya and Inej moment, I was like, either I want them to be best friends or to date. And I know they're probably not going to date because Kaz is right there. But like, I kind of like, I just love this dynamic. So that was really cool. And yeah, just like, I love Inej so much. I did have moments of fear though. Where I'm like, girl, those are knives and they run out. Um, yeah, like, you I know. Stop. I'm like, stop, stop throwing. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're you're losing that. Like, you're not getting those back. Those are not boomerangs. So that was tough. But yeah, the, the moment with Kaz coming out, I think was like, again, sort of showing the connection that they do have. Even though I feel like their relationship is a little less guarded than it is in the books. It's much less guarded yeah so it's much more like it's more obvious where i feel like mm, you know that's something that i'm like i really hope they just kind of drag that out like they do in the series uh i'm fingers fingers crossed for that but that's a moment where it's like okay he kind of let his guard down a bit and showed like he would defend her obviously he can now backtrack and be like well of course you're my crew like why wouldn't i um but there was definitely that moment of like panic that this like disabled man is like yeah. running <laughs> in with his cane like trying to attack this like <laughs> dragon monster beast like good i mean good for him because he was definitely like I think that was a nice sort of throwback to when Mal is like no I'm gonna go and Kaz is like no I, you know it's smart to lean back what are we gonna do out there and this is like oh no the person I love is in danger so I'm gonna go I agree I totally agree with you about the their slow burn is so slow but they still don't ever touch which I'm happy about they have yet to actually physically touch and so I think in future seasons, assuming that it gets greenlit, the I think that will become that slow burn. So it's like, we've already seen the glances. We've seen him say like, I would give up the crow club for you. Like, I like, there's no one like you. Like, I'm not going to save them. There's no one like you. Like, they're not like you. And like all these little things he's been saying to her and she, of course, to him. And like, you know, she's like, okay, I'll come back with you and then we'll see and blah, blah. But I think the like, I think the slow burn for them is going to be like the first time that they, she like touches his hand or the first, like when he bandages her and like, you know, all that other stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I hope they drag it out as long as I can humanely stand it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Please, like, yeah, I, because I, I was like, oh no, or because I think at the end of episode like seven, I was like, I hope they don't like have them kiss, like, oh in, god, no, something. So the fact that they didn't, I was like, thank god, but I yeah, think they people have, would lose it if they, oh, for sure, <laughs> but they haven't really talked about, you know, they showed the gloves, but they haven't really showed like he wears gloves because he can't touch anybody, like, they haven't gone into that. So I do think that they're gonna, we're gonna get that, you know, the next season, yeah, for sure. I thought the one of the interesting things was that. Zoya is like obviously like Team Darkling and or general at this point and um is driving the skiff. I thought it was interesting that the was he like a Corporal Nikki or something like that already knew that they were gonna do something bad and he hadn't told Zoya and Zoya has family there and he's like, Oh, you have family there? Like rut row. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, What do you know? And that she like disobeys the Darkling and that she finds out that her because in the book she doesn't find out that they're dead until later and i thought like seeing her realize like oh he's like not only betraying like the whole world and doing this evil but also like betraying me and like he didn't tell me i could have gotten them out i thought was like a very powerful moment for her i think the actress is great too as they all are i think they did zoya such justice in this series like i really i, I i've said this before i really hated how they did her in the first book of the shadow and bone series like bridge but eventually they give her like really good scenes in the books but in the show it's right away she has like scenes on her own she's not just someone who's jealous of Alina for the darkling and they give her this like interesting arc of like her kind of losing relevance and that like really being frustrating for her and it also justifies her decision decision to go against the Darkling, not just because she's afraid for her family, but because he separated herself from him, you know, or separated himself from her. So she doesn't have that closeness to him. So it's not the same, like, it's just easier for her to make that decision. Yeah. 
she's also it, such a huge character going forward in the series and then also in like king of scars and stuff i'm actually not surprised that they brought her more to the forefront of this series especially towards the ending of it which we'll get to in a moment because she obviously becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger part of the whole grishaverse okay let's take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna go through the entire sort of ending and how it all played out on screen and is different and what we all think Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope-ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. Okay. First, I would like to start with the fact that I feel like Mal uh, is just doing risky business. Tackling folk off a, a skiff, <laughs> fight, fighting someone who could literally chop people in half with darkness. Appreciate his gumption. But I think the real dum dum on the boat is the heart render who <laughs> heart rends <laughs> Alina. And I'm like, brah, she's the only thing keeping you guys alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Samantha, what are your thoughts about like him, even after he realizes the light goes out, he doesn't like revive her? Yeah, I definitely had moments when I was watching it where I was like, Dude, um, because you have these things where, like, you sort of see that that character doesn't really like her throughout, like, you know, so we have that. But it's also, like, that, yes, that is your lifeline out, like, sir, what are you, like, you're really gonna kill, like, the sun, so not even just the fact that he, that's their lifeline out, but also, like, the people that are gonna be against you if you kill the, like, new saint, in everyone's opinion, like, come on, dude. Including the Darkling, your boss, he's gonna be so mad, because he needs your power. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, this is like really dumb henchman energy. But also the <laughs> uh, Mal and Darkling fight was another thing where I'm like, I get that it's a visual medium. We're showing them actually fighting, blah, blah, blah. But I'm also like, to the Darkling, I'm like, bro, you can call like shadows. Like, I don't know why we're fist fighting him. Yeah. <laughs> this weird like toxic masculinity thing where it's like, we have to use our fists. But I'm just like, you can just... Uh, I, I don't think you need to do that. Like, use your brain. So that was a little bit of a weird moment where I'm like, I don't know why we're doing this like, prolonged fist fight. I almost wish the Darkling had just been like, please, little boy, and just like turned his light, like not even cut him in half, just like made it dark around him. And Mal was just like, like trying to find him, you know, like he's just uh-huh. like lost in a sea of darkness. And the Darkling was like, please, <laughs> <laughs> right, please. <laughs> I am an eon old, uh-huh. please. Like, I don't need to fight you. I did like that, of course, that like the crows got involved and, and everyone was like sort of fighting together. I think the biggest departure and I was happy about is in the book, she basically grabs Mal and they bolt and they leave everyone to die. So not just the Darkling, but they leave a whole skiff full of people to die and they hear their like screams as they, she has a teeny bubble of light around them and they just bolt. I really liked in this one that they basically like gain control of the skiff and they kick the Darkling out and then they take the skiff and run. I thought that that was a much better, again, like giving her that agency where she's the one in charge. She's like, no, I would save all of you. Like, what's her face? Zoya is like on the winds and she's like, nope, I'm not listening. We're getting out of here. And I personally thought the change was good. What did you guys think? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the They uh, make that possible by not having like Mal escape, which I liked a lot more than having Mal. And because in the series, like, there, God, felt like a whole third of the series was just the Darkling having Mal and Lena kidnapped and being like, I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to hurt her. I'm going to hurt him. And then being like, oh, I can't believe he's doing this. And like, uh-huh. it's like so much of it and so much angst that it kind of loses its flavor. So maybe in the second season that will happen and that will be more impactful. But I'm, I'm glad that they changed things around. And you're right. Like they do give Alina way more agency in this. And this is just another way of that. So I like that. Yeah. And as an extension of that whole thing we've been talking about where her powers are almost like bigger in the series than it was in the books and the fact that she can do this because I feel like book Alina running away makes a lot of sense. She still isn't sure of herself at all. And all these things where show Alina is much more sure of herself at this point. And of course, like they can't leave the crows there. Like <laughs> they, they yeah. have to do this, you know? Yeah. So there was those changes uh, made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I actually really liked the, I obviously completely made up scene, but like them all sitting around the fire, kind of like, (laughs) we're going to have like a little post heist, like, how did we do? Uh (laughs) I thought it was great. I was so happy. They're like all kind of friends. And Lena's like, so you guys still going to kidnap me? And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) Jesper and Inej are like, no, of course not. And and Cass is like, (laughs) he's like well i need the money so yeah that was a really those were sweet moments i really the thing that really sold that scene a ton for me i was already sold with them just sitting around the fire but the inej alina interaction where inej is like just in awe of her and like they do this whole like hand thing and the knife and like alina gives her the knife She's like, I know what I'm going to name it because that was a huge, I didn't think we were going to get that because that was a huge thing from Six of Crows that I like bawled when she says that one of her knives is named after Alina, you know, not knowing who Alina is. So those moments, still being able to have that was really sweet. And I just hope that they get to interact in the future. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I, I kind of feel like that season two will kind of diverge a bit and we'll have sort of like two different plot lines going on. But I hope that they get to come back together at some point because Alina and Edge's friendship is very important to me. Mm-hmm. I watched the show with my brother or like a few episodes and he like hates YA and likes to make fun of it but he did say that one thing and he has no idea what what Shadow and Bone is but he mentioned this was from before when Inej sees the the light display and like does that whole thing has that scene he said he thought it'd be really really cool if they made Inej a fanatic and I was like that's not going to happen. But now that this interaction between Inez, and not that she's going to become a fanatic, but I was I was thinking about She is about a true her. believer, though, for sure. She yeah. is a true believer. But her in comparison to Tamar, who's coming in the second book, who's in the fanatic, like, sect, but also, like, is not insane and, it, like, is another true believer. Right. Like the, like the soul Sodat or whatever from the third books. Like, yeah, I can see her being like one of the, like, you know, like sun warrior kind of people for sure. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah. I also like that Alina like recognizes that Kaz needs money. Yes. <laughs> She's yeah. like, here's this priceless headpiece that has full of diamonds and rubies and all kinds of stones. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like one stone. The deal is the deal. Fine. Yeah. 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 One stone will pay off Inez's entire thing and get back to Crow Club. And you're like, oh, that was a very valuable piece of jewelry. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I like... Totally agree. I totally agree that in the future, I think the next season will diverge and there'll be a Ketterdam thing and there'll be obviously them on the boat on the run the darkling and what he's doing and then the darkling will catch up stormhold will show up and i think like the stormhold might be the thing that like ties them back to ketterdam because it's like a trading post or something but i'm like super super excited about all of it and like where it's gonna go i personally so like obviously like poor nina's heart got ripped out by matthias because he didn't like believe her but i just love that she's always a spy and so she's like listening in on their conversation and she's like oh they need a heart render and she's like uh-huh friends. i also thought it was cool that they're all on the same boat which i thought was like a really interesting way to end it where they pretend they don't know each other but the boat's gonna like dock in ketterdam for a bit and then they're gonna go on their voyage because I, I, again, I was, I, we were talking about this in an earlier episode that I was like trying to figure out how they were going to end it. So it's going in the right direction for book two, but end it in a different, so it's like a different way to get to book two, but you're still, it still starts exactly where book two should start, which is that Alina and Mal are on the run on a boat and the Darkling has come out of the fold with his how would you say that word? Absolutely. Shadow Army. Shadow yeah. Army. Shadow yeah. Army that can leave the fold. And I thought like they ended it on such a good note. And in fact, I was like incredibly mad that I was like, God damn it, it's not even renewed yet. <laughs> like, why did we do this review so early? <laughs> <laughs> the scene where the darkling comes out of the fold. Oh my gosh. And like, I like, I even like the angle of him walking, like the profile of him walking and then behind him, like the soldier starting to become uh-huh. what it is. Not even like finalizing, but like beginning. I was like, ooh, like yeah. that was like. And then he's spiking. like, come on, let's go. And then they like yeah. pop out and you're like, ah, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> oh my gosh. Guys, what a good series. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I would say exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agreed. I knew from the beginning, like the casting, I was like, everyone just looks really good. And the trailer, everyone seems like everything has been casted really well. And that was like above and beyond for this whole series. Everyone was perfect. I really think everyone, no one was I like a little bit. Everyone I think is perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, everything was, you know, I I went in 
as best as I could without expectations. It's so funny because people were talking to me like, oh my God, like counting down the days. And I'm like, I'm trying not to think about it. Like I'm very kind of stressed because <laughs> I go into adaptations, like really viewing them as separate. I didn't reread the books right before this came out because I knew I'd be comparing if I did that. And I was mostly, I think, concerned with how they were going to do the crow stuff in with them. So the fact that it was very different, but it worked really well was the best thing for me because I was like, as long as we can get that in a way that doesn't feel like forced in or anything, I'll be happy. And it was definitely, it's an adaptation. And I, I think someone said in the comments of my videos that Lee has been calling it like high budget fan fiction, basically, <laughs> which I think That's is true. So, so Yes, yes. So, and I, I agree. I'm like, yes, like this is not a, a pure adaptation. There are some things like we've mentioned that were different, obviously with the crow stuff, especially, but even with some of the stuff that I, I know it wasn't my episode, but when she calls him Alexander way early, I was mad about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would have yeah. said this like out of five stars, this is like 4.5 for me. It's not perfect, but it's close. And for it being a different thing, I am very fine with 4.5. I, I didn't need it to be five stars. No. And I was like worried it was going to be like two or three. Right. Because like, <laughs> a lot of the adaptations yeah. are just like, eh, okay, well, I'm kind of heartbroken that you fucked all my, like Ender's Game. Yeah, kind of right. heartbroken. You fucked up my favorite book. <laughs> How dare you ruin it? <laughs> He's a six foot tall boy instead of a one foot tall baby. Uh -huh. But okay, fine. <laughs> I'll get over it. I'll never get over it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I would say like four stars. I, I think the show is so strong. I would, you know, my husband's like, I'll watch it again with you now that you're not trying to like speed watch it, you know, in, in a weekend before you do all your podcast. My hope for future seasons is that we do get to spend time in Ketterdam because I think the Kaz that everyone is hoping for will thrive more in Ketterdam on his like own turf where he has all his resources and he, I think we'll get to see a lot more. Like, I love the camera moves. I love that like fast paced music. I think we'll get a lot more into like, you know, Kes Jesper like fucking shit up by gambling and just like in general that like, uh, you know, sort of Inej becoming the Wraith or someone calling her Wraith. Like they haven't even gotten to Kaz's like scheming face yet. Isn't even a thing yet. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited. I think in general, like ships and oceans can look very beautiful on camera and so i think the scenes where they're on the run and then also are looking for the sea creature and then when stormhold comes and there's like the fight and stuff like i think that could all like in terms of tv be awesome those are my things i'm most excited for how about you? Yeah, I um, all the stuff pretty much you mentioned. If we do two separate plot lines, I'm really excited to see more of Ketterdam because that was some of my favorite like setting wise stuff. I mean, all the settings are beautiful. Like the fold looks great. Everything looks great. But like Ket like the the thing that I mentioned a lot in my little reviews and stuff was that Ketterdam and the Crow's plot lines are something that I'm much more likely to watch on TV than necessarily the show with like the Shadow and Bone stuff. Obviously, I love that. But if it was just like, if I didn't know anything going in, I would still be like, oh, I'm intrigued. But like this sort of like Ocean's Eleven heisty, like New Orleans-y type setting, like cool. So that stuff, it just as a visual medium is much more intriguing to me. So I think that's going to be really fun. Really excited for, like I said, the characters that you already mentioned. And I am very excited also for the final scene in book two to be on camera. That is my favorite scene in the entire series they need to keep that as close as possible to the same what is remind remind us what the final she's, scene? um they're going head to head in the i think they're in the little palace uh her and the darkling and she's using oh his yes yeah yeah all of that that is like the head to head there is so perfect so i really need that um as well and there's also like their dynamics throughout the second book as well is very interesting very interesting. So I'm really same with the third book. Oh, like for sure. I, I, the part where when they're apart and he's like visiting her uh -huh. with like the apparitions and stuff. Like I feel like is going to be so first of all sexual because how could it not yes. be? Yes. And secondly, just like intense, or she kind of thinks she's going insane and stuff. Okay, how about you, Jane? Do I even have to say what I'm excited for? I'm Nina? excited for Nikolai. No, oh, Nikolai. Nikolai. I was like Nina. So Nina also, I have been telling Bridget that Nina has beguiled me. I am beguiled. Uh -huh. Matthias has nothing on how I feel about <laughs> Nina. I'm obsessed with her. But I'm excited for, I'm so excited for Nikolai. Because I, I, so I just read the Shadow and Bone series recently. I never got into it until we were doing this miniseries. And I, as a, like, older person who wasn't in it, I hated the first book a lot. And I was really dreading having to get through the rest of the series because I was like, I hate Alina so much. And when Nikolai showed up or at the time of Stormhawn, even when he was the pirate, I was like, pirates! I was like, yes! Like, it's the salvation of the series. And 
every single scene with Nikolai was a blessing to my eyes and my brain. And I can't wait to see who they cast. I can't wait to see the dynamic. Have you seen the rumored casting? No. no who is it oh god i, I want to see if i can look up the name really quick he looks good um his entire instagram <laughs> is people being like are you such and such blink <laughs> twice if you're nikolai uh, he's like uh let me see blink twice if you're nikolai yeah, his, <laughs> that's amazing so oh god which dm is it my friend found it and sent it over to me okay of course, I, searching through. I mean, I'm excited because his character also changes the way that Alina thinks about ruling and thinks about being like a, essentially a queen, but a leader and forces her to like almost forces her to re-examine some of the things that she was mad at Jenya for and mad at David for some of the things she's mad at the Darkling for. Robert Wilde. <gasps> Look up, I can get into it. Yeah, look Robert up his, um, He's handsome. Yes. He's handsome. Um, but yeah, all the comments on his like most recent picture are like, please say you're Nikolai, blink twice if you're Nikolai. He's the perfect Nikolai. Like, yeah. Well, he's not going to be Nikolai because they haven't greenlit season two. So they're not going to cast him until it's greenlit. So what's interesting is people are, the reason they think that he is Nikolai is because a bunch of the Shadow and Bone cast members followed him on Instagram all at once. So they're thinking, and I've heard rumblings I, that it is, that it has been greenlit. So it has not, it's not official. Okay, so it's like rumblings. Or at least it wasn't yesterday. Yeah. Thank, I did not look this morning. I can't so keep it up. could be this morning. But I, yesterday I looked and it is not official yet. But it is number one in like all territories. Like it's, so it's going it's to gonna be. be yes. It's going to be. I would say the only big thing will be whether Netflix is going to renew one or two seasons at a time. Because for Bridgerton, they did two. And my hunch is that they'll do the same for this because like Bridgerton, it's a very expensive series to make and it's cheaper if you make them to get seasons two and three oh, back to back because yeah. you already have all the sets up. You already have all the costumes up for this as well. Like there's so much in terms of like for them to like take down all these sets and then reset them up multiple times is much more expensive than filming back to back. But yeah, so that's my that's my that's my hunch, my hope, also my hope, because then that means we get the full trilogy at least. So yeah, I think we'll see. But I would assume that they're gonna release. I forget how fast after Bridgerton they announced that they're gonna. Um, I think it was like a month later they announced that they're doing more uh, seasons. I'm trying so. to compare it to The Witcher as well, since it's a similar kind of thing where it was like a book to you know like fantasy yeah. book thing. And I feel like Witcher got announced like real quick. It could, I mean, they might just capitalize on like all of the, like next week, be like, yeah. try to get the next slate of people to watch it in a week yeah. sort of thing. Okay. This is not this podcast, but I will quickly say that I was disappointed in Witcher and you have Henry Cavill and I think, but I think the storytelling, unlike this one where everything was coherent and made sense, oh. I had, ne my husband played the video game. I watched him play like mm -hmm. 40 hours of it while I was reading behind <laughs> him. I didn't really watch it. I was just reading. I had never read the book though. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> absolutely. It was terrible no, storytelling. Absolutely. Because I was like, what is happening? This, I actually asked a couple of people I know who, who watched it, who have never read the books. And I was like, did you follow it? Did, were you confused? And they're like, no, everything made sense. Because they did enough little exposition dumps that you like knew what was happening. Whereas Witcher, I was like, what's the point of the show? What's the objective? <laughs> no, Witcher was super confusing. I know that, like we said, it's not that podcast, but you know, it's a, yeah. it's a fantasy yeah. thing connection. Yeah. Witcher was interesting because I played the game, The Witcher 3, and then I never read the books, but I had friends that did. And so I was super lost because I'm not a TV viewer that like super pays attention to names like at the beginning. So when they yeah. were like giving all the hints through the names and stuff, like give me yeah. a different color grading. And then my brain, yeah. my dumb brain will know <laughs> that it's a different time. Also, their names all like sounded similar. Yes. and I was like well, who the fuck is who <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was yes. like, why is that I keep pausing and finally he was like you gotta just read something about it honey I can't yeah. just keep pausing every and I'm like this is a sh bad show and I refuse to watch it yeah I, I end up liking it enough but it, that would show would have been like a three to three point five at the end versus this being like almost a five stars for me yeah I mean it had Henry Cavill though and he was shirtless numerous times so it's like he did such a good job I don't hate it yeah no i mean you can't hate it when he's looking like and, he, and henry cavill barely talking is also like super great um oh like God. Just, the jaw like, clenching you just, you just stare at him just, and he like grunts like yeah grunts he's hairy and you're like <laughs> he's all dirty he has oh that like gosh. the aragorn effect from like lord of the yes. Rings, which is like everyone's sexual awakening as children yeah so like that whole thing that whole uh, flashback i was like oh Vigo. yes dirty men mm -hmm, love it can i tell <laughs> can i tell you 
one of my most sad moments was in Return of the King when he washed his hair. Yes. I was filled with fury. <laughs> I was in the theater and I was like, what the fuck happened? How yes. dare you take Aragorn and you ruin him? And they like kind of parted it in the middle and like put the crown in. It, it looks so bad. Terrible. Yeah. And I was like, how do you ruin like one of the smoking hottest people alive yeah. with your tomfoolery? Oh my God. But when he swishes in with the long cloak, uh-huh. stop, stop <laughs> too much. You guys, you guys knew, you guys knew I'd like Aragorn. I know you did, dear listeners, because you know me. Oh my gosh. Well, any parting thoughts, Samantha? I feel like we covered no, it. No, I do. I do think we covered everything. We have our theories kind of lined up for the next season, whenever that is. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like I mentioned at the top, you know, having to binge a whole thing and then waiting for who knows how long is like the hardest part. I actually agree with you. So we're, we've been watching, obviously, the Marvels, yes. which is every week. And I've been enjoying, because I miss appointment TV. Yes. I miss, like, on Friday, like, on Thursday, my husband's like, okay, remember, tomorrow after the kids are asleep, then we're going to watch the show and, like, get the popcorn. And it's, like, a thing. And I also do, like you think, like, I then we think about it and theorize for an entire week. Yes. And then by the time we get back, we're ready and hungry for the next one. And we also watch the boys on Amazon prime. And that's the saying they dropped like three episodes and then you get to watch like the next ones every week. And I love that. I do love like binging stuff. Cause it's like watching a hugely long movie, but I also do feel like I need to like go back and rewatch the entire show to remember what happened. For just like remember enjoyment moments. Right. Yeah. Because, and enjoy it fully. Yeah, because enjoy like it, yeah. the I always tell people that when you're reading or watching something for like analysis and review mm-hmm. versus just pure enjoyment, it's different. I can still enjoy totally. it. But like my brain is not off. I'm rushing to get the episodes like out because like people are wanting them, whatever, for content creation purposes. So yeah, the joy, like the most fun I've had lately watching any tv show wasn't in fact shadow and bone it was wandavision wandavision mm-hmm. every every week like all of the theories all of this was the most fun joyous time since like earlier game of thrones seasons for me like it's, it's so nice and so I, I really do wish that we as like a shadow and bone fandom like got that prolonged yeah. period of like a immer- yeah like we could have spent eight weeks talking about this yes. not one weekend yes exactly and i wouldn't have lost any time on that people would have given all their time to it because i like i'm involved with all the crappy nerdy shows and the cable ones and even when i was like a teenager like my one biggest joy was to go home and get on my little computer and look up like theories and predictions and like spend hours of my precious time thinking and talking about what was going to happen and whether or not i was proven or right like that's a fandom is such a huge thing right now people want to like communicate with each other about this stuff so they could have given it a few weeks and people would have followed it are you a fan of the wheel of time i have not read wheel of time i've notoriously not read wheel of time but i am going to be watching the show because i the the reason i haven't watched wheel of time dear listeners is because i don't (laughs) like white men who are straight who say wheel of time is like the ultimate thing and so out of just like spite like i am very much Mm -hmm. by a lot of spite i'm like no it's the same reason i won't read malazan i'm like absolutely not you cannot tell me what to do so i do plan on doing the show especially because who is it rosamund hodge is in it i think like for sure is that one of the people or is she in a different show i forget she probably is i don't remember the cast yeah like i know someone that i liked was in it and i was like because it got greenlit so long it got greenlit but then also because of covid it got delayed so i'm like i put it out of my mind until it's in like full production and i know when it's going yes yes but i fully intend to watch that and probably enjoy it like i fully admit that it's probably something i would enjoy i'm just not going to read like 17 books i have read all of them (laughs) i started reading them as a child Uh and i we they come out you know every year every year and a half or even every two three they started coming out later because the author got very sick and so the the releases got much longer but so me and my whole family would like reread all the books every time so i've probably read that series all the way through maybe like minimally 10 times oh my god i cannot imagine super excited about it yeah also very excited because i never thought it would be on tv kind of like because it's like so epic there's so much that goes on i was like there's no how are they gonna do it there's like a hundred main characters there's like 40 different cities and settings like how are they gonna do it and i'm very excited to see if if they i hope that it's like to this quality because obviously this show was very very good yeah i mean shout out to game of thrones for all of it failing at the end i like it really oh opened my. up all of this potential it did like it did, uh, the, yeah. the witcher this I'm like, this is all happening as a Game of Thrones. So thank you, 
kisses to Game of Thrones, even though you yeah. ruined it at the end. Like we're gonna just ignore the whole last season. Yes. Then it never happened. Yes, then it never happened. I actually I, I stop mind. at what what was it episode like two or three? I'm like ah, and then that's that's how the show ended. Like I <laughs> like because those few were good, but yeah, like uh, thankfully we had that be such a success that now all of the fantasy fans can get what they've wanted for so long. Yeah, you know what other series that I would love to see, which is another fantasy series, is by Jacqueline Carey, The Crucial Star. <laughs> you read those? I have not read them, but I'm familiar with them. Wow. First of all, I would say probably my favorite fantasy series of all time. It's also like romance. Yeah, I was gonna but say it's, it's like actually, fantasy romance, kind of, right? It's not. It's not technically a romance, um, but it is very romantic. Like heavy, yeah, heavy romance plot. But it's very heavily about like sort of like gods and intrigue and politics and wars and stuff like that. I would literally die. I don't know how they could do it because she's uh, an Aguaset and like her whole kink is pain and I don't know how you could do some of the crazy shit that happens in a book. It'd be like an HBO Showtime like kind of. I mean it would be like cinematic. (laughs) (laughs) It would be it would be real hard for viewers I think. Uh, Or maybe you'd have to like see it off camera or only see her face but you like hear it maybe because some of it I think is too dark. But anyways, I'm so excited that you love all fantasy and that we got to meet you and spend this hour chatting about the show with you. Yes. Thank you for having me. All right, plug your channel one more time. Tell the people where they can see you. Yeah, so Thoughts on Tomes. I'm that I'm pretty much every single social except for on Twitch and on TikTok. I forgot because we have so many socials now. There's an underscore after Thoughts on Tomes. But otherwise, Thoughts on Tomes, everybody. All right, well, you guys heard it here. Thanks for listening. And we have one more part four coming at you where we're going to talk about the entire season as a whole with a couple more special guests. And that will be coming at you on... Sunday, I hope, because it feels like that might be sense. Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. That's a lie. And that episode will be coming at you on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you guys then. Until then, may your books be your lover. And YA, you are best friend. Bye, everyone. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.